Welcome to Hey YA Extra Credit. Every other week, opposite the main Hey YA podcast, we'll bring you a short form podcast of YA talk across a wide range of topics. I'm Tirza Price, and today's episode dives into what else? Banned Books Week, because that is this week. And we did an episode a few months back about the absolute onslaught of book challenges in ways that we could, you know, just help, but also highlighting some banned books that seem to be getting um, targeted, especially a lot this year and this time around. Um, So I am not going to get too heavily, I guess, into um, territory that we've already trod before, but I can link to that episode in the show notes. But I really wanted to talk about Banned Books Week this week because it seemed impossible to let it slide by without at least addressing it. Um, But first, let us hear from a sponsor. Today's episode is brought to you by Bloom Books. Taming Seven is an epic and unforgettable love story in the international best-selling and TikTok phenomenon, The Boys of Tom and Series from Chloe Walsh. So Tommen's cheekiest lad, Jared Gibsey Gibson, has always been a comedian, but inside he is haunted by events of the past and he uses humor to cope, hiding his true self from the world. Then you have Claire Biggs, who is the epitome of sunshine. She's always loved Gibsey, her brother's friend and her favorite neighbor. She also has always seen a side to him that no one else seems to notice, and she becomes determined to tame her wild-at-heart childhood best friend. So The Boys of Tom and Series is an internationally best-selling YA romance series that has taken TikTok by storm. It's perfect for readers looking for new adult slash crossover romance, dual point of views, friends to lovers, marathon worthy TikTok books, and angsty tearjerkers. Taming Seven is published today and it's the fifth book in the series. So make sure to check it out. And thanks again to Bloom Books for sponsoring this episode. Today's episode is brought to you by Steve Aoki's Hero Quest at your local bookstore or online at HeroQuest.com and catch Steve live on the Heavenly Hell Tour. Hero Quest is a graphic novel that is the story of a genetically augmented metahuman named Hero who travels into the multiverse 400 years into the future to save Earth from a disaster it cannot avoid. It has everything from mutants to robots to zombies to aliens, witches, and more. It's a quest for ten rings of tremendous power from ten different worlds that will be needed to save our world from certain disaster. It's an epic journey that will require the hero named Hiro to be cursed to save the lives of billions on Earth. It's a story of heroism, wonder, betrayal, and finally, revelation. This is the hero's journey. This is Hiro's quest. So the story was imagined by the mind of Steve Aoki and written by New York Times bestselling author Jim Kruger and Steve Aoki. So make sure to check it out. And this episode comes thanks again to Steve Aoki's Hero Quest at your local bookstore or online at HeroQuest.com and catch Steve live on the Heavenly Hell Tour. To be honest, I have never really liked Banned Books Week. And here's why. When I was a kid, a teenager, I went to private school for from like kindergarten through eighth grade. Uh, it was a very small private school. I was very, very sheltered. For high school, I went to the local public school. So I went from being like one kid in a class of 10 to a high school with nearly 500 students, which might seem small to a lot of people, but it was really big and overwhelming for me. And I was always a big reader. 
I was always, you know, probably somewhat obnoxiously precocious. And I really kind of was overwhelmed by going to a big high school. And I didn't know a lot. Very, very book smart, not so much socially savvy. And so it's like, you know, the first month in this new high school and we had this pretty decent high school library because this was back before our state pretty much cut funding for all school libraries. And so I went into the school library and the one display space in our school library was this big shelf that was behind glass. And of course the glass could be locked, you know, think of like a trophy display in a high school. It was like that. I'm not sure why that was the only display space in the school library. Um, In retrospect, it seemed like poor planning when they built the library, but that was really it for um, displays. And so I walk in in September and I look at the display And it's a banned books week display and there's all these books in there and they're behind glass and they were locked. And me, not knowing anything, immediately assumes that those books are banned and I'm not allowed to check them out. And I was so angry. And so I remember going to my teacher and being like, that's not right. Like that, that's just not right. And he kind of explained to me, he was like, no, those books aren't banned. We don't ban books here. You can check those out, but it's banned books week. And so we're celebrating the banned books. And honestly, that made no sense to me at all. Like if you're celebrating banned books and we don't ban books, why would you put them behind glass and then, you know, lock the display? So that really left a really big impression upon me as a young teenager. And then years later, when I was an adult and I was working in a public library for the first time um, during banned books week, I discovered that, you know, we would have this display Um, It was not behind glass. The books were not locked. Anybody could just pick up the books off of display and go check them out. I thought it was a great improvement. Um, We had all the literature that was printed off from the ALA and Banned Books Week website. And it was a nice looking display. And people would still come in and be like, oh, these books are banned? Why? And... Yes, that was an opportunity to then educate, but then it was just, it seems like we just kept missing the mark. And this is why I do not love Banned Books Week, because I feel like it is constantly missing the mark on what is really important about this week and what really matters. Like, so often the conversation gets distilled to, oh, it's Banned Books Week. Let's celebrate these books by reading them, by buying them, by checking them out. And that is all great because you know what? It supports the books. It raises awareness about the books. But let me tell you something. It doesn't really do anything to stop the onslaught of censorship and these book challenges. And that's where I get really frustrated. So I always feel like Banned Books Week should definitely come from a place of, you know, wanting to educate more than just throwing books on display. So now whenever I do Banned Books Week display at my library, I have, you know, the bookshelf full of the books that we pull that have been challenged and I put them out and I hope that they circulate. But I devote even bigger spaces to education and explaining like what happens when a book is challenged or why books are challenged and what is censorship and why does it happen and where is it happening? And also what is our personal institution's stance on censorship? And I always try to make the point that like, hey, 
there's something in this library that, you know, will probably offend or upset everybody, but we can all choose not to read the things and not to check out the things that we don't want to read. We can't choose what other people read. Uh, so, you know, to be honest, I'm not sure how, how effective that is, or maybe it still goes over people's heads, but I feel really passionately about trying to shift that conversation away from, yay, reading banned books to, okay, let's dig into the why and how and educate and figure out ways to actually fight this. Because you know what? If you live in a small town where there are no bookstores and a book is taken away from a library and the community is mostly made up of you know, folks who don't live that high above the poverty line, they can't just go buy banned books. What you're doing is removing access. So as much as I think that the idea and the sentiment behind supporting banned books by buying them and reading them is nice, it's not realistic or applicable to everybody. And this really is an issue of access. And what happens to communities when we limit access? What happens to um, you know, our, our young people when they can't see themselves or just people different from them in the books that they read. Nothing good happens. So my biggest piece of advice slash encouragement to you all who are listening, I assume that I'm probably preaching to the choir here, but I'm going to say it again nonetheless. Yes, absolutely. Go buy your banned books, check them out, read them, do it this week, do it year round, but don't stop there. Um, It's really important that everybody knows where they can read the library and school board meeting minutes in their community. You know, most states have these open access laws that say that these meetings have to be recorded in minutes and those minutes have to be posted publicly. So you should be able to go online to websites and read these minutes. And I think that that is like just a really good place to start. I know that sometimes going to board meetings and library board meetings, like for school boards as well, it feels really intimidating. You're like, am I supposed to be here? You know, you're a member of the public, unless there's a rare exception that they have a closed session, you absolutely have a right to be there. But sometimes you don't even have to go to those meetings to just keep up on what's going on. Um, I think it's really good to get into the habit of, if not monthly, then, you know, every couple of months going and just scanning through those minutes. And some of them might be a little bit boring. You might think like, okay, this doesn't apply to me. But you'll also learn a lot about the issues that the board and the institutions are facing and what they're deciding. And I think that if there is ever, God forbid, a challenge that's brought forth, it's important to know what's going on. And then you can write in letters to those boards to voice your support for intellectual freedom and for keeping these books available um, to kids and teens in the community. And then go attend a meeting if you know that that something is going to be discussed at the next meeting. Meeting agendas are usually posted 24 hours in advance. Um, So if something's going to be on the agenda that pertains to censorship or challenges, go show up to the meeting. If you can't show up to a meeting, write a letter. Um, I have attended many board meetings in my days, and I think that it's kind of exciting and people pay attention 
boards pay attention when the community writes in because it doesn't honestly happen too often. I mean, at least not in my small town, it doesn't. So, so when it actually, you know, we get a letter from a citizen in support or even in opposition to something that we are discussing, like it is weighed heavily, like we consider it. Um, so definitely get involved and don't be afraid to get involved, but you don't have to, you don't have to dive right in. You can kind of dip your toes in, but I think just knowing where to find the information and, and just being aware is a really important step. So I'm also going to link in the show notes, Book Riot's Guide to Fighting Book Challenges and Censorship. It has some really great ideas and resources there. Um, I know that this has been kind of an unconventional episode and I didn't really talk about specific books, but I just want to reinforce and remind everybody that uh, censorship can happen anywhere. And I mean, I even have dealt with challenges in my day and it's always surprising to me. Um, but at the same time, it's not because you you know that there are people out there who really do think that their values um, need to be enforced on the entire community. And it's really important that we all exercise our rights to speak up and say, hey, this is not cool. And we need to ensure open access for everybody. So I'm getting off my soapbox now. That is it for me for today. Thank you so much to today's sponsor for making the show possible. Um, you can follow me on social media. I hang out at um, Twitter and Instagram at Tears of Price. It's T-I-R-Z-A-H-P-R-I-C-E. And thank you so much to Jen Zink, our audio editor, for making HeyYA sound great. Erica and I will be back again next week um, for a longer episode. But until then, happy reading. Happy reading.